Shopify grows your business no matter how far or big you grow. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your fans' next favorite shirt or an exclusive piece of podcast merch, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Hey parents, Tim Wright here. I want to welcome you once again to the Wonder of Parenting podcast, a brain science approach to parenting. I'm here as always with Dr. Michael Gurian. I'm coming to you from Glendale, Arizona. Michael is from Spokane, Washington. Michael, as always, welcome to your show. Thank you, our show. Thank you so much, Tim. Great to be here. Yeah. And today we have got a guest with us and we're both really excited about this, Dr. Greg Jantz. And uh, you've heard his name mentioned every single week on this podcast because the Center Place of Hope is our sponsor. And it's because of Dr. Greg Jantz and his folks up there at the Center Place of Hope that we come to you every single week free. And uh, we thought it is time for you to actually hear uh, from Greg Jantz. And Greg, one of the people, uh, one of the things I say to people all the time, you are a prolific author. You write at least a book a year. How many books have you written? Uh, over the course of your life? Well, if you count the little mini books, we're, we're probably at, at 40. But people like wow. the mini book, you know, less than 100 pages these days. <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea. So, Greg, before we get started, tell us a little bit about the Center of Place of Hope because you're our sponsor. So, so give yourself a little bit of an advertisement here. Oh, you are so kind. Uh, good to be with both of you today. Well, this come August will be our 38th year. Uh, of showing up at the center, a place of hope. We really believe in that whole person model. And uh, we're what's known as a 50, 50 bed uh, facility. Our, our beds are nice condos, but um, we're a place where people come from literally all over the country to get help for depression and anxiety, or, or those are the big ones right now, depression, anxiety, and, and addiction. And, so we believe in building a team for each person that includes medical care. You know, what's going on in our body affects us emotionally. Uh, so we're interested in nutrition as well and uh, the whole counseling pieces. So we, we just keep showing up and, and during the last two plus years, we, we keep, we've shown up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, people have needed you desperately. And uh, so we're, we're, we're glad you're here with us today. And what we're going to talk about uh, today is uh, building emotional capital in our kids. And I, I was thinking about uh, before we got together, when I was a kid, maybe the two of you have this experience as well. We're all of a certain age. Uh, once a month, we would bring money to school to put in our bank account. 
and there was a local bank that came and every month they would come in and we would put a little bit of money into the bank and uh, to build up our financial wealth, which I think over the course of six years, I maybe got myself up to a hundred bucks, but it was building capital. And uh, what we want to talk about today is building emotional capital on our kids so that they have the, the emotional bank, so to speak, to draw from as they go through all the different things in life. So Greg, let's start with the pandemic. And what were some of the, the things that you saw coming out of that and how that impacted our kids and their emotional well-being? Well, what we've done, there's a price to pay and we're seeing it. Um, mm. I'm really concerned about uh, our kids. And, you know, really, we've had some pretty high academic failure here the last couple of years. Virtual wasn't so great for most of our kids, in my experience. And we're finding that, you know, in fact, I had a parent who said to me, she goes, during, you know, the virtual school didn't work out at all for her son. She said they'd be on the screen, you know, with the teacher, and then the, he'd have his cell phone playing games with kids in the, in the, in the class, yeah. you know, because everybody was remote and, and nothing went well, uh, except for the parents uh, began to discover what the kids were learning or weren't learning. And maybe that was good. So I see that. Um, the depression rates are, are up. Uh, we've got kids that I'm glad that with today's topic, because we've got kids with high anxiety, social anxiety is way up with our kids. Mm. And I just heard in the County that I live in, in, in our state, um, the uh, department of, of health here, uh, just said that the 12 to 17 year olds, uh, that suicide was the leading cause of death. Mm. That's the mm. county I live in. Yeah, twelve to seventeen-year-olds. Mm. So that's that's even hard to say. It just, right. Yeah. yeah. So so Greg, we're we're now we're coming out of this pandemic. Or at least we we think we are, and we hope we are. These issues are not going to go away quickly. Um. What are some things that parents can begin to do? And I, I know Michael will have some thoughts on this as well. What are some things parents can begin to do now uh, to re-help, uh, to help their kids recover uh, and or to begin to build some emotional health and stability back into their lives? Well, several things come to my mind. One is, as a parent, um, what am I projecting? What am I projecting when I'm with my kids in the home? Am I projecting a lot of fear myself? Okay, granted, this anxious times. And if we look out there, there's a lot of things we can be anxious about, but what am I, what's the tone I'm setting? Is it a tone of a high anxiety? Uh, that's so kids are going to absorb all that fear. So that's the first, I'm going to look at myself and then I'm going to look at um, really grace for our kids and understanding about what they've walked through and is still walking through. Um, is super important. One of the things that they need, they need to feel great value. They need to know how much they're loved and cared for, even though maybe things haven't gone well, or maybe they haven't done well academically. Things seem to be a big challenge right now. Uh, the kids with the social anxiety and um, all the social rules have changed. You know, it's like, when I see you now, do I do I shake your hand? I certainly don't mm. hug you. What's the rules now? So, you know, where everything is different. Um, so for our kids, they need some normalization. Um, and that starts with us as the parent. Wow. Um, I think about kids who are, are struggling with, uh, let's say social anxiety, 
that you just talked about. I, I hadn't even put that together in my mind. Uh, yeah, how do I respond to my friends now? Uh, can I hug them? Can I shake their hand? Can we, you know, can guys go out there and wrestle in the field and so on and so forth? Um, what What are some uh, some tools that you might use in in your practice to help people, generally speaking, and maybe kids overcome social anxiety? So social anxiety, first of all, I, I'm a big fan of, of getting our kids outside and getting them moving. And if it means going for a hike, going for a walk, going for a bike ride, I'm going to engage with them in, in an activity. That movement for them and just to get outside and to begin to feel good again is pretty important. Kid, you know, movement with kids went way down. So healthy yeah. movement. So things that we can do together and we can engage friends in those activities, depending on where you live and depending, you know, homes sometimes dealt with things differently as far as uh, the belief around masking and fear levels were depending on where you live. Uh, I, I, I went to different States, you know, and I go, wow, it's really different depending on oh, where yeah. you live. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> What's being projected. So um, so let's uh, re-engage them in activities. Let's give them some successes. This has been a challenging time. Uh, developmentally, they need to be with their friends and have those relationships. I like that better than um, all the social media mm -hmm. with our kids and what that's doing. Yeah, I, I was, I'm yeah. glad you brought that up because Mike Michael has been big on that. I know you have too. Uh, and Michael, why don't you jump in here a little yes, bit as Michael. you're thinking about some of these uh, things that uh, Greg was talking about. I know that you would add into that mix, uh, A, getting off screens, and B, uh, what kids are eating these days. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm listening to Dr. Jantz, to Greg, and uh, really, it's such a pleasure to have you on here. He is, uh, you know, I've known Greg, we've written books together. He's just one of the smartest psychologists in the country, really. And I think you've hit on it. I think you've hit on, I'm going to echo the nature therapy. Yeah. You know, being being outdoors as, as therapy. And um, I want to echo the uh, reconnecting. So, you know, kind of uh, co-regulation, right? Relationals, relationships, uh, making sure these kids have now an, a number of relationships, what they can handle so that they can co-regulate again, so wow. they can be in relationship again. Um, and I want to echo the, the social media. Uh, that is, I mean, if anyone out there thinks there isn't good data and proof for the fact that yeah. social media increases anxiety and, and depression, especially for kids, um, I, you got to believe us now, all three of us, you got to believe us that it's really, really bad for, for yeah. kids. Overuse of it is bad. And This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. One of the things that I think, Greg, tell me if you agree with this. It says social media, right? The term is social media. Right. But it's really inferior socialization because you aren't kinesthetic with people, right? You're not tactical with people. Yes. You're not actually relational with people. You're really relating to what's typed um, or you're relating to a, a video or an Insta. Right. But it's not so. So talk about that, because the brain really needs the actual relationships. Right. Oh, yes. Well said. Well, what we need to be looking at is real relationships. Yeah. <laughs> OK, so we had a rule around our dinner table that um, when one of my kids are married, so it's different now. But um, where you don't pull out any device at the dinner table, it's eye contact and we're there with one another. Now, you could ask permission to show something, but you put it away. So where we don't want anything to distract from the real relationship. I think kids need a look, a positive look. They need a touch, which means hug. They need that physical contact. So a look, a touch, and a word. They need a positive word over them. Kids need that more than ever. Uh, and the messages from social media, the messages from gaming, are not positive messages about their future. They, they're always going to escape. They want to mood modulate. They want to feel differently. Well, gaming's one way to do that temporarily, but you end up feeling worse. It takes you away from relationships. Mm. Yeah. And even interactive people sometimes say, yeah, and they yeah. probably say this to you when you're out lecturing, they'll say, but wait a minute, but my son, I know he's relating to others through interactive <laughs> video games. And, and then I always have to say, well, that's absolutely right. Not, not going to deny that, but it's still not like being there, right. Yeah. Being there, uh, playing flag foot, um, tag yeah. football or, or walking together or hiking or, uh, mm -hmm. could be anything it's, it's right. It's video games are okay, but they're not being there. Exactly. So I'm thinking about new adventures as a part of uh, bonding and rebonding. I have some young men, a couple that are younger than uh, my youngest son. And not far from where I live is, is a uninhabited island. One hermit lives there year round. Okay. It's, it's 45 minutes by water. Okay. We're doing Survivor Island. We're packing up our gear, and I'm taking a group to this island, right? And 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 we're going to do a series of fun things. But there's no devices, and we're gonna we're gonna rebond. And I'm gonna have my oldest son. I'm gonna have a little time with him without a device. <laughs> Brilliant! <laughs> <laughs> it's coming up. We're about 30 days away from. I was trying to think of a name. Survivor Island. And, I like and, it. <laughs> and they have to bring, they have to set up their own tent. They have to do everything, you know, kind of on their own. Like a, wow. like a vision quest or a rite of passage. Yeah, or, yeah, or yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Greg, talk a little bit about the, the difference between anxiety and depression sure. and, and how those things have been heightened during this time. Yeah. Anxious kids, boy. Um, well, anxiety when it's chronic, it's usually have physical symptoms. Sometimes I have sweaty palms. My heart rate goes up. Mm -hmm. uh, I may feel my gut. I may get headaches. So there's physical symptoms. Um, anxiety also uh, bypasses this prefrontal cortex where I should be making my better decisions. And because mm -hmm. you notice when you're anxious, it's like it's hard to make a decision. Right. I can't think clear. Um, or I'm really impulsive. I just act way out and I become impulsive. So anxiety uh, 
can be really paralyzing for kids right now who are not doing well in school and they get overly anxious. It's, it's as though they're paralyzed. And yep. then they um, this, add the social anxiety on top of that. You know, kids are coming back to school and and things aren't quite like they were. And, and they're behind sometimes in some of the social development. At least that's an observation that I've had. Mm-hmm. So true. But, but depression, yes. depression is, uh, it's that low grade feeling that I can't seem to shake off. Maybe they want to uh, isolate even more. Maybe they're escaping with those earbuds in their ear all the time. Um, you see self-care really drop. Um, they don't seem to care about the normal peer group or friends. Um, so depression, and, and maybe there's an, a season they go through that and you see them come out and they seem like they're okay. I'm concerned about the individuals that get so depressed and so apathetic and they start to move into an area of just despair. They feel mm-hmm. despair, mm-hmm. despair, despair about their futures. Uh, there's a lot of um, kind of anti-life and, and death messages out there that confront kids. And kids sometimes start thinking suicidal ideation early on. We're seeing that. Mm-hmm. So I know that counseling, you, you would recommend, being a counselor, you would recommend that for families, uh, especially for depression. Yes. Are there some are there some other things that parents can do to mitigate the, the depression a little bit and or to, in a sense, help uh, sort of protect or insulate our kids from falling into depression? And I think, yes, there are. One of the things I've noticed is we want to be not too quick to label a kid and, and, and you mm-hmm. know, tell them they're depressed um, sometimes they're, they're going through a little season, so to speak, and they move through it all right. But when it's been three months and six months, I, I am concerned. And so the, what we want to be sure that we're doing, and yes, counseling could certainly have a place, um, but where, where are they being, uh, where's the negative messages coming from? What's, what's being fed back to them? Has there been some cyber bully behavior? Has there been something that's happened that's really hurt their sense of self. So it's, you know, worthy to, to dig into that and see what's really going on here. Has there been some drug experimentation uh, going on? Kids, uh, uh, at times they want to hide and they feel like they don't have value. They feel worthless. And I do get concerned when they totally withdraw. So be alert to the that. And there are times where, um, you know, it's hard for a parent to reach the kid, but a mentor or somebody else can reach in. And I always want to have a mentor and an influence besides myself as a parent. Hmm. Now, Michael has talked yeah. before about the importance of diet. Um, yes, so yes. You, let's hear from you a little bit. Sometimes it's nice just to hear a fresh voice, not that Michael doesn't carry authority, but you know, they've, they've heard him for 192 podcasts. So maybe once in a while, <laughs> that's great. Uh, <laughs> another voice. Uh, and I know that, uh, for, for your clinic, a holistic approach is really important. Yeah. So diet is one of the important things for you. What are some of the things that, uh, foods that kids eat today that lead to anxiety and or depression? Well, and, and that's right. So we have dietitians on, on staff and we do a, a, a nutritional assessment. We do want to know what's going in the mouth. Could it be something as simple as a kid is drinking a lot of sugary beverages and they're not getting B 
basic water. You know, water mm-hmm. improves mood, water improves blood pressure, water uh, improves concentration. So um, are they getting water? I'm, I'm just amazed how many kids are, don't drink very much water. Right. And, so um, just some, something as simple as that. Are they getting a source of good protein for in the mornings and for breakfast? Are they really struggling with blood sugar ups and downs? It really looks like hypoglycemia. And it's just because of a, of a poor diet. I do believe all the sugary foods, because just because I've seen it, uh, does contribute towards depression. And mm-hmm. kids can use food, food to, to soothe them, you know, yeah. where they feel soothed, but then it still brings them down. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Is that, con- is that consistent with what Michael made? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, it was even better said. It was even better. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> well, and I also talk about like gluten and, and those things. Oh, yes, you, yes. You, you do that somewhat in your clinic, right? Like if someone has a gluten allergy, absolutely. Uh, you get them off gluten and it's like, wow, they're a different person. Talk, talk about that. Well, and, and so we want to know, are there food allergies? Are there some yeah. influences that are present? Because, boy, that's going to give a kid some brain and aches and pains. Um, and it's real. And that's sometimes it's, you go, well, it doesn't really matter. They're growing up and they'll, you know, but their diet does matter. And it's right. a big piece of the overall uh, equation to get their good health and well-being. And I'm going to say brain health. Yeah, not well, to you know, sleep in there. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, talk about sleep. That's another yes. casualty, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, well, years and years ago, I worked in sleep research, and I've always been interested in the relationship between sleep, time spent in sleep stages, and our emotional well-being. Because, you know, inadequate sleep, we can create a depressed brain. Um, we can, you know, what we're seeing right now with adults is too many people are waking up during the night after having a hard time getting to sleep. And they're having what could kind of be called a panic attack during their sleep. They wake up, they're gasping for air, they're kind of in a cold sweat. And what we're finding is, um, you know, their body is full of anxiety and the anxiety wakes up. So uh, sleep, we've got to get back to uh, getting our circadian rhythms and the sleep cycles back. They have really been disrupted for many over the last two and a half years. Mm-hmm. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. So I, I, uh, you know, as, as we're talking about this, we're, we're talking about putting the, these these uh, emotional gifts into the banks for our kids. Yes. And uh, so, so to kind of summarize so far, we're, we're saying it's really important to get kids moving and uh, specifically moving out in nature. Uh, 
It's important for kids to get a good night's sleep. It's important for kids to eat a really healthy diet. It's important for kids to have uh, kinesthetic touch with other human beings and mm-hmm. to limit screen time. So those are all things that we can give to our children. And those become uh, resources they draw on. I, I remember years ago when I was uh, struggling with anxiety and panic attacks. And one of the things that uh, was recommended was to get in the habit daily of doing a meditation. Yes. And, yes. and this person said, every time you meditate, you're putting money in the bank and someday you're going to draw on that. You'll become a habit for you so that when you are panicked, you say, oh, I know how to do this. And then you just draw on those resources that you have built up over time, building these new habits. And for our kids, and we all understand this, during the pandemic, we were all out of our habits. We were all out of our routines. And, um, you know, as you've been suggesting, some of those new routines haven't been healthy for us. And what we want to do now is get our kids into good, healthy routines. They're eating breakfast in the morning. They're getting exercise. They're getting good night's rest. They're not on screens a lot. That's going to make a huge difference in their sense of emotional well-being. But let's say we're doing all that, and my kid is still struggling with anxiety. My kid is still struggling with depression. Um, What would you recommend? Michael's talked about this before, but what would you recommend as parents begin to look for help, professional help? Where where should they look? What kind of person should they look for? You know, and that's a very good question. One of the thing, other things I'd put in our tool bag really quick is we just did this recently. We had a family meeting and wouldn't you know it, everybody had brought their devices and their laptops. I said, no, we're going to do something different. We put everything away because it was so distracting and just yeah. irritating. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. so I pulled out an old Monopoly board game. <laughs> yes. And, and what happened was laughter. Mm, they they agreed. They agreed. And so, how do we get laughter and joy yeah. back in? So, mm. do things. It doesn't have to be a board game, but but do things where we can add more enjoyment. Mm. And kids need. We need to have some laughter, which is bonding. Yeah. So, that's mm. brilliant. Thank you. That was. Worth, I just that wanted was to add it. that to the list. Yeah. Good for you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So, finding a counselor can be really challenging, especially if you go it's adolescent counselor, um, and that can be super. Uh, challenging. I always say, well, um, you know, give any counselor two or three times at least. I usually say three before you make any decision, mm-hmm. uh, because building trust with with uh, your your kid is, you know, it takes a little bit to build that trust, um, and their test the kids are testing and so forth. But don't give up on it. It maybe it's the second or third counselor, uh, and I don't want you to feel like you're counseling shopping, but don't give up on it. The right mix, the right uh, connections really can change a life direction. And I I know that from personal experience. So, and I want somebody that can see a positive future for my kid. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not all about just dealing with the frustrations and symptoms of the present. Yeah, we need to deal with those. But how can we learn life skills? How can they learn um, how to deal with the emotions of anger and fear and guilt? You know, uh, who can teach them uh, appropriate emotion regulation? And so I like some of the counselors that use the DBT skills uh, as well. But I'm looking for somebody that maybe is going to be a little bit non-traditional. 
maybe is going to take them outside. Uh, maybe we're going to engage, uh, but the counselor is going to know how to engage based upon even the kid's personality or learning styles. And I, I, Michael's really great at this. And I bet he has a lot of other ideas. Yeah. Yeah. And Michael's talked about this before, uh, about, you know, really being, you know, a counselor who understands the the person that you're talking to. Um, is this, am I better off talking to this person walking, throwing a ball? Right. Right. Uh, Michael, some of the, some of the things that you would look for, what would that be? Yeah. So we've partnered, Greg and I have partnered and trained the staff, you know, at the center and, and, and Greg made a video that I show sometimes when I speak where he's, he's, you know, they're modeling these therapeutic practices. These are especially important for boys to get boys engaged in the therapy. And uh, so the peripatetic is the walk and talk. And we have wonderful video of, of Greg walking with someone and talking with them. And oh, yeah, um, yeah. do you remember that video yeah. that you guys made? It's great. And then uh, so when I, you know, I as the counselor talk, I'm holding the ball or the talking stick or whatever is the object. And then and then let's call it a ball for now. And then when it's uh, Jim's turn to talk, I'm, I'm throwing it back to him. He's catching it. And it helps his brain to make sure to be engaged. And so he's not zoning out. You know, his brain has to catch the ball, all that. And then other parts of the brain light up. His cerebellum makes more of his brain light up so that he can respond. Um, So that's another really good one. And standing up, you know, not doing the therapy all 50 minutes, sitting down, but allowing Mm -hmm. for standing up. Um, and, And so those would be kind of movement, bringing movement and spatials into therapy. And so for girls, I think they're neat strategies, but most girls in my practice haven't really needed them. Uh, but a lot, <coughs> sorry, a lot of the boys really need them. And they also help build the trust between the counselor or therapist and the kid, because, mm-hmm. you know, he sort of feels like, oh, well, you know, you understand me, you know, that sitting here for 50 minutes, and I'm 16 years old, and I'm not very verbal that, that I'm going to fail at that, but you're doing all this other stuff with me. You kind of understand me. So, um, it helps build the trust. Yeah. So building that trust. Yes. Yeah. And I, I, you know, but we, we've been through this, uh, with my kids, both of them, uh, were at points in their lives where they needed to see some counselors. And we, we went through that process of trying to find a good fit. Yeah. And, um, and it's, it's not about the, the, the counselor being competent. It's just about having a good relationship. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes you can have three or four really, really good counselors, but it's going to be the one who works for your son, your daughter. And it, it is worth just taking a little bit of time. It was hard for my kids to just move from counselor to counselor. After a while, they say, well, come on, you know, what's the <laughs> point of this? But then when they found that person, you know, it made all yeah. the difference in the world. And, um, uh, so if that's, if that's important in the family, uh, we, we obviously I've got two therapists sitting in front of me. Um, (laughs) they would highly recommend that, uh, this is one of the gifts that therapists bring is, is to help parents and kids navigate these things. Yeah. And if it's acute, uh, Greg, talk about like how people get a hold of your, um, get a hold of the center and how that works. Sure. Are they acute? And they reach out to you or, you know, how does that happen? Well, a lot of times it, they have tried a lot of different things and they're, they're frustrated and feel some of that despair. But um, just reaching out, I've got a lot of information uh, on aplaceofhope.com, aplaceofhope.com. 
uh, here we're able to work with uh, 17 and above. So that's kind of where, where we're at. And I know that um, we maintain, though, resources all over the country and uh, some opportunities to plug depending on where a person lives. So we do have resources. Right. Well, well, Greg, it is, it's been so good to have you with us and uh, so many takeaways. My big takeaway is we need to put more joy back into the lives of our kids. I think that was, that was the takeaway for mm. me. It was brilliant. And uh, probably every family agrees with that. It's time to have some fun again. And um, it's just healing just to be together, to, to express joy, to laugh, even to cry together. It's just all really good, yeah. important stuff. Uh, so give us one more time, Greg, the uh, website for A Place of Hope. Sure. Aplaceofhope.com. All right. Oh, it's all one word. There's no dashes or right. dots in between. Aplaceofhope.com. Dr. Greg Jansen, uh, are your books on Amazon as well? Uh, hopefully the books are everywhere, but yes. Yep. Yep. All right. <laughs> and uh, so if he's got 40 books out there, he's talked about or written about something you're going through. So well, check him out. We did a great book together with Michael, Raising oh, yeah. Boys by Design. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So a lot of resources out there. Greg, thank you so much. Uh, Michael, thank you so much. Oh, thank and, you. Thanks, um, Greg. Thanks, Tim. We're going to yeah. be back. We're going to build on this thing now. We're going to talk about resilience next week. We're going to do two parts on resilience starting next week. And uh, Michael's been doing some prolific writing about it. It's a huge topic right now. Yeah. And so we hope you'll join us. The Wonder Parenting Podcast. Tell your friends about it. Have a great day. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.